Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the infernal Matt. Hello there. Hello. So, Matt, um, we are going to be discussing the Witchfinders this week. We are. Um, but uh, before we get to any of that, we've got a, a lot of other stuff to cover. The first thing I wanted to ask you um, was, how did you find hanging out with other Doctor Who podcasters last night? Uh, it, it, it was it was really, really good fun. A really nice Excellent. evening. Uh, we, we, we had a few technical issues to start with, mm-hmm. but once we'd hammered that out and hit our stride, it was excellent fun. Excellent. Um, so, for context, listeners, this is the uh, Cloyster Bell uh, Doctor Who Flux after show, yeah. um, which they've been running on YouTube. They very kindly invited us along. I've not been in a position to commit to doing it, but but Matt has stepped into the fray. Now, of course, Matt, you're at the slight disadvantage that you haven't watched the episodes in question, and you're trying to dodge spoilers in the process. Yeah. But hopefully, we we worked out been... quite a nice system of. Right. Basically, everyone telling me to piss off for five minutes. And then <laughs> once I'd muted everyone, they would wave on camera. And that was my signal to come back. Oh, that's um, nice. Um, I, I'll, I'll yeah, be totally I, honest. The, I joined... o- the only spoiler I've seen from Doctor Who Flux is there's a big dog. And yes, there there is there is a there is a big dog. At, at the end of last night's session, when everyone was rating the episode... I gave it six out of ten mm-hmm. because there was a big dog, but I've seen bigger. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was lovely. Um, yeah, it was obviously organised mainly by Rob from the Cloister Bell. Um, mm-hmm. Liam couldn't join us, but I think he's going to be there next week. I think he's got work commitments where he's going to bob in and out. Uh, mm-hmm. We had Harry and Luke from Who Can Convince You. And I don't want to give any spoilers, David, but we might be hearing from them later on today. Ooh, ooh. Uh, there was Mark from All of Time and Space, who seems a really yep. good egg. That was the pod that I was least familiar with. But when we joined the call, I think both times when I joined the call, me and Mark were the first people there. And you yeah. know how you make awkward small talk when you don't really know the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started talking about the football and before we knew it, we, you know, hit our stride and seemed to get yeah. on like house on fire. I think, I think, I think, uh, he's probably content before long, you'll end up being better friends with him. Do you think? <laughs> I think you've got more in common. And then I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, we also had Shona and Caroline from my adventures in time and space. Yes. But they had I think to they... join us an hour later because the COP26 climate change yeah. discussion was basically <laughs> happening outside their flat. Yeah, tad awkward for them. Um, I, they were they were joining, I think, just as I sort of had to make my excuses. I was around for sort of the first hour of the chat um, when it was mostly discussing the technical difficulties you yeah. were having. Yeah. Um, I but mean, I, I'm, the video is I'm, up still on YouTube, and you can pretty much skip yes. the first hour. Yeah, I, I, that's what I fully intend to do when I get a chance this week. I'm going to be jumping on YouTube and catching up on all of the the episode chat that I that I had to uh, miss, but and I'm really looking forward to it. it they, they were so accommodating because obviously I hadn't mm. seen the episode, 
Yeah. But uh, there was a couple of times that where it was like, oh, I noticed this sort of thing in Capaldi's era. And then they would kind of bring mm-hmm. me into the chat to discuss that. So, oh, well, that's great. It's lo- it was lovely that they were able to include you, even though you're not quite caught up yet. But, and um, I, I yeah, thought that I mean, my, my particular highlight and the bit mm-hmm. I probably contributed to most was at the end, we were discussing unpopular Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the idea that every episode is somebody's favourite episode. And and it, it was just a, a really good, insightful conversation. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is one of the genuine beauties of, of Doctor Who, is because it's so varied. And, yeah, there are defenders for everything, um, which is why it can be so frustrating when... when certain quarters of the fandom start talking in absolutes and kind of pretending that their opinion is the only mm. rightful true opinion. Um, I hope, I, I certainly hope that uh, I, I, neither you or I ever come across that way on the, on this podcast no. um, because uh, it's certainly never my intention. Um, one, one last thing I, I just need to ask before we move on yes. from last night's, uh, after show, uh, what did you think of my outfit? Um, I thought it was spectacular, Matt. Yeah. But I'm not going to make any more mention of it. I think our listeners, if you're curious to see what Matt was sporting, uh, you'll have to pop on the YouTube and uh, have a look for yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll bung, we'll bu- tell you what. We'll bung a link. It'll be a little date by the time this comes out. Um, but we'll bung a link in the uh, in the. Uh, show notes for this episode i think Uh, so if you've not caught up yet uh by the time you're listening to this uh do do pop onto that and uh yeah enjoy some lovely doctor who podcasters talking about a very exciting new episode of doctor who yeah i i I don't know what time we're planning on doing it again next week i don't know if it's always going to be a monday evening but Mm. i i put out about a thousand tweets telling everyone when it was this week so (laughs) Look forward to the same. Excellent. So, um, where do you want to go from there, Matt? Should we talk about uh, what your TV highlight of the week was? Because uh, it, knowing that it, that it wasn't uh, the Halloween apocalypse. Um, yeah, I haven't really watched a lot of TV. Mm. Um, I'm still working my way through the American office. I'm on season six. Uh, I would say season five's the new highlight. That's a good series. Mm, um, how many how many series did they do in total i think is it seven mm. i think i think there's six with steve carell then another one right um but yeah I, i'm working my way through it it's just nice easy viewing that's the thing isn't it it's that there's i don't know what it is about american sitcoms the ones that run and run like that that just make them such comfort blanket telly yeah except how i met your mother that is not good yeah i tried i because i never watched it as it was coming out and i I remember a lot of people rabbiting on about it at the time so when it turned up on netflix maybe like two years ago something like that i thought i'll give that a go i i don't think i lasted a whole episode it's just like these people are obnoxious why would i want to spend like 20 seasons with them I think I caught one episode, maybe when I was on a flight somewhere, 
And I was like, oh, that was okay, but I'll maybe watch a couple more. And then when I watched a couple more, I was like, oh, this is just okay. Like, at its mm. best, it's okay. At yeah. its worst, it's outright dislikable. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's baffling that that that, that ran for as long as it did. Um, have you ever watched Seinfeld? By what I've seen of it. Now, Seinfeld's an interesting one. I've tried to get into Seinfeld, and for whatever reason, it hasn't clicked with me. I watched probably about half of the first season. So yeah. I really did try and stick with it, but it just has never quite gelled with me. Uh, it's one of those that I, I really feel I have to try. But yeah. every time I've seen clips of it, I'm just like, no. Like, has it had its day and it's just... I mean, potentially. I think it was one of those things that was probably very influential on a lot of stuff that's that's happened in its wake. Mm. And because we've we've enjoyed a lot of that stuff, when you go back to the, to the sort of source of it, um, it's maybe you can see the workings a little more. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, I find that with like very influential shows that are all also a little bit a product of their time that you almost can see, Oh, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I see, I see how stuff has emerged from this, but it's a little bit like, you know, the raw bread dough before it's been in the oven. So, what would be your television highlight of the week then, David? I nearly said, what's your television highlight of the David then week? <laughs> um, well, it uh, as tempting as it is for me to once again try and shoehorn in uh, a monologue about how much I'm enjoying Sapphire and Steel. Um, uh, you know it's my favourite thing to interrupt those. <laughs> yeah. Um, it... It's it's got to be um, Doctor Who this week. Oh wow! It's so good to have it back, and I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, Matt. Um, but I was happy. I was happy with that first episode of this series, and I'm very excited to see where it goes from there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it it by a country mile. It was it was the the, the most exciting thing I I watched this week. So. Um, yeah. Good. Now, without without spoilers, mm -hmm. would you say it? Well, before we even get to the episode, what what were your hopes for this episode? Um. Well, given the nature of this series, the fact that it's you know it's it's more serialized, my hope was that. That it the, the the setup it presented was intriguing and exciting and felt like it could sustain a longer story, if that makes sense. Um, I you know I wasn't expecting for any kind of resolution or answers. There was, there were some baffling responses from some people being like, "Oh, I don't know what to make of it because you know it's not it's not finished." Like, do you say that after like? Every time you watch something remotely serialized, you could only judge it by uh, once you've completed the whole thing. I find that a very odd perspective. But anyway, so my 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 hope was that it would be an interesting setup. Yeah, and uh, I I that 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 hope was met 
and also, um, you know, more than in some ways. I, 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 I re- I'm trying to dance around. I really don't want to say too much, but I guess my 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 gut feeling at the moment is, uh, for this first episode, Chris Chibnall threw a lot of balls up in the air, and now it's just a case of that over the next five weeks, how good of a juggling act is it going to be? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Are some of those balls going to get dropped? Is he actually going to manage to pull off? this you know fairly spectacular unprecedented thing my sincere hope is that he does i am 100 percent rooting for this to be good and i think if it is it will it 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 has the potential to go down in history as one of the best series of doctor who i think if he pulls it off so having having said that i I guess you've pretty much answered my next question then yeah as a first episode has it whetted your appetite for more to come oh 100 percent, 100 percent. um but it, it remains to be seen and, and and i don't like i say i really don't want to i don't want to go into any details um i'm very excited for when we get to it a few months down the line um because it's not it's not going to be that long matt before you no. get caught up with us can, can i ask two questions and they're nothing yeah. to do with major spoilers no no go for it i i I know that after this series there's is it two specials um the after series 13 yeah there will be three specials three specials is the final of those three specials the regeneration or does it come at the end of flux i believe it will be um at the end of those three specials so i'm not going to have regeneration spoilers by hanging out with people talking about flux. No. Excellent. No. Right. That that we ha- by by the time Jodie Whittaker is regenerating, we'll have caught you up. will be caught up. Excellent. Because I, so I did I, say last night that one of the reasons I wanted to be involved despite not watching it is I, I I'm excited for seeing a quote unquote live regeneration. Yeah, and It'll be the I, first I didn't want that to be spoiled. I, yeah, I, we we might even get together and watch that episode together, David. Ah, uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? I'll make you some yeah. tea and toasted tea cakes. <laughs> um, I've I'm so looking forward to next year, Matt. I think it's going to be a really exciting year for Doctor Who. Fans. Next year is um, going to be our year, David. It's the year our <laughs> pods go in places. Um. But anyway, uh, that all being said, I think we've got far more important matters to attend to. Um, Let, let's get Meal of the, the Week out the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know. Have I even had a Meal of the Week? Um, no, probably not. Because since we last recorded, uh, my wife's been away all week. She started a new job. She's on a training course in Birmingham. And I've just been yeah. left to my own devices, so I haven't eaten particularly well. But as part of my Tesco meal deal that I had for lunch today, I had a beautiful bottle of Fanta Fruit Twist. <laughs> you're pulling, you're pulling a David here. Yeah, it's a bit more flavoursome than I had some cold water. <laughs> <laughs> that water was so good, Matt. You had to be uh, there. What have I had that's better than that Fanta? 
don't know. <laughs> no, it's probably the Fanta for me. All right, okay. No, that's I, I'm going to have a that's think fair. whilst you tell me about yours. See if it triggers anything in my um, memory. Yeah, okay. So I've had... I've had a bit of a stronger showing this week for me of the week, and I've got two contenders. If you tell me you've been to Salt Bay's restaurant and bought a £25,000 steak, I'll be mad. I'll be <laughs> even more mad than the Water Week. <laughs> no, I've... Um, I'll tell you the one that... that on paper should have been the victor which was last friday i went around my mum's and we had fish and chips mm-hmm. um, as a family which was really nice and it was really nice you know we got a good local chippy and um all of that but my mum this w- i feel like this small detail will tell you everything you need to know about my mum See, I, I, um, I think we need to say on pod, for yeah. all the years we've known each other, I've never met your mum. She's like this no. enigmatic character <laughs> that comes into the conversation every now and again. And I, shall, t- shall I tell you why? It's, it's because she only moved up north um, during uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so there's just there's been no reason why you would have ever crossed paths. I mean, for you know, you might have, you know... Walk past her in in in, uh, yeah, in Tesco's and I would or something, know. and never known, never known. Um, but anyway, so my mum knew we were going to get fish and chips. It had been you know planned. It was in the diary all week, and still, she insisted on cooking a um, a, a dish of like frozen peas, sweet corn, and broad beans to have alongside the fish and chips, mm-hmm. which went basically completely untouched by everyone except for my <laughs> mum. Because, c- come off it. Who does like, that? Like, I, I think garden peas are a big step down from mushy peas with your fish and chips. A huge step down. And, and then, I made sure that, that, I, that we got mushy peas when I put my order in. And I kind of understand the corn being there because sometimes you get peas and corn in one bag. But what what are broad yeah. beans doing gate crushing this party? <laughs> Plus, broad beans are yeah. grim. <laughs> I hate I hate yeah. the texture of beans like that. Like, what are the white haricot beans? Get mm-hmm. out. Get out. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be I'll honest. I'll tell you the ones I hate the most. Yeah. Baked beans, and that's why I'm so glad you're drinking the pint of beans this year. <laughs> ha ha, very funny. Um, look, I'm it's, partial it's to not broad funny, be- David. Everywhere I go, bloody James <laughs> Courtney's there. Like, have you drunk the beans yet, Matt? <laughs> Get off my back, James Courtney, all right? Not now. Um, I'm partial to a broad bean in the right context, but it's got no place uh, in, you know, fish and chips. Mm. absolutely none whatsoever um so even though i didn't touch them the very fact that they were there on the table was it somehow undermined the meal um so the other strong contender and the thing that i think actually is my meal of the week was uh the following day um in the afternoon we, ha- we had a family uh, pizza-making session, me, my partner, and Little Absorbaloff. That, that's more like it. 
and it was lovely. It's it's so nice making pizza from scratch, you know. Um, so and the end result was you know absolute perfection because I I put exactly what I wanted on it. So yeah, um, that's the meal of the week. Good. Homemade pizza. Lovely, lovely. All right then, Matt. Um, we need to. Uh, we need to get cracking with uh, Would I Lie to Who, don't we? I think you mean the wheelie big quiz. I do. Uh, can you tell it's late and it's been a long day? <laughs> David, I, I was up till after midnight last night talking about Doctor Who. I was yeah. up at five this morning for work. Right? <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a wreck at this yeah. point. So, yes, wheelie big quiz. Let's do it. Wheelie big quiz. Right, David, we, we've had a wheelie big week for the wheelie big quiz. Have we? We have. Okay. What if I told you we're now over the £200 mark? That's impressive. And that means for both wheelie big quizzes, I think when you tally in uh, gift aid, I think over the two years we've crossed £600. That is mad, isn't it? That is incredible, especially when you, you think, you know, we are a podcast with a, a, a fairly modest listenership. Yeah, but we've got the best listeners. But we do have the best listeners. It's incredible. Except you, James you Courtney. <laughs> yeah, so everyone that's contributed, give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, huge thanks Stand to up you. and take a bow like David when he gets six out of six on the quiz. Yeah, uh, I did. I did uh, uh, notice Ro- Rob did sort of muse on the live stream, the Cloister Bell live stream, that they maybe went a bit easy on me that week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? So I'm just going to read out some notes from donors this week, David. Okay. If that's okay. Uh, the first it. one comes from Ariel, and I, I, I feel I owe Ariel an apology. Uh, because she donated uh, some money and I said, oh, thank you, you've given £10. But she'd actually donated $10, which is only £7.28. Uh, so she actually chucked us another $10 this week. Ah, awesome. Uh, so she's aiming to get up to the £25 so she can suggest a bonus episode for us. We might talk Excellent. about them in a second. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what what people pick for us right we then had a donation from jacobus x uh who says he'll pay us another 10 pounds if i down the beans in one go i think that would choke me (laughs) right then a special hello david to our mutual friend andy hello andy who has blown everything out the water and donated £30. <laughs> so, Christ knows what we're going to end up watching when Andy makes his suggestion, because... Yeah. He, he's... Is he, is, is he even aware that he gets that? I don't know. Present? I don't want to tell him, because... <laughs> like, 
if if there's one person that's going to abuse that position of power, yeah, I, I, I feel. I, was, I mean, to to, to um, for full disclosure, a couple of days ago, I was uh, I was sat in Andy's car. He was giving me a lift back from D and D, and he didn't mention it. So well, that's um, even worse. That's even more sinister. It is, isn't it? Uh, we then had a £10 donation from my new best friend, Mark. Say hello, David. Hello, Mark. Uh, we then had £10 again from our mutual friend, Simon. Say hello, David. Hello, Simon. And then we had a donation from F- BT Flippity Giggard, who said that they donated solely to be the one to take us across the £200 mark. And with their donations, because they've crossed that £25 threshold, uh, they want us to review Damaged Goods by Russell T Davies. A virgin new adventure with a very different type of Davies Who. Yeah, that's really exciting. I believe that is Davies's sole contribution to uh, Doctor Who prior to the 2005 revival. Can, can, can I pull back the curtain a little bit, David? Mm-hmm. So I, I checked eBay, I checked Amazon. That book is near impossible to find. You, you managed yes, to find yeah. an e-reader PDF type thing. Yeah. But I think I might get the uh, Big Finish audio rendition. Oh right, yes, they did an adaptation. Uh, we'll check with we'll check with BT and see whether he's happy for us to do that. Yeah, I, I just think, think if um, I if I'm reading I, a book, it's going to take me a while. But you know, I think I think I checked, and it's just a, a a swift two hours for the audio. Yeah. Plus, I I, 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 I need to dip my toe into big finish sooner or later, don't I? Oh yeah, we've it's on the docket. Don't worry. Um, okay. But yeah, we'll check. We'll check with BT and see whether he's happy for us to do the uh, the adaptation. I don't know. I don't know to what extent it maybe deviates or or dilutes. Um, but every I think generally, generally speaking, people seem to like it. So um, yeah, I'd I'd be up for either. Right now, because we've crossed two hundred pounds, David. That yeah. that was the one price goal thing that I was uncertain of. Uh, that was where I was suggested we just watch some Robot Wars or something. So <laughs> I, I think I am going to change that. So we'll play some of the new Doctor Who computer games and I'll play those old ones and stuff. Uh, it's but, a little more on topic. But since uh, last time, we've recorded another bonus episode. We have, yes. Uh, do you want to reveal that or do we keep it secret? Uh, might as well let people... Uh, well, we have we crossed the threshold for it? We have, because I'm going to swap some of them round. Right, okay. So um, the, the the next bonus episode that will be popping into your feed at some point over the festive period um, is our take on Desert Island Discs. Yep, so we picked eight songs each. Luxury item. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a fairly nice evening, wasn't it? It was. I had a really lovely time, and you, dear listeners, will get will get a window into the musical tastes of two men who are very passionate about music, but very, very different music. Yeah, ba- basically, <laughs> I, I try and tell my whole life story through song, and I get really emotional. Yeah. And the other, yeah. you're just like, "This is a song I like." <laughs> <laughs> 
But to be clear, I really, really like it. Yeah, but um, if, if you're tuning in for that, don't expect any conversation. David talks for five minutes about his song. I talk for five minutes about my song. Uh, <laughs> repeat that, you know, seven or eight times, and then we have a little chat at the end. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be nice. I think it'll all come together with the edit. We yeah. shall see. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm quite excited for that coming out yeah it'll be something a little bit different it might not be something that all of our listeners are interested in but uh but hopefully enough of you out there will enjoy that one um and you know if we if we can't indulge ourselves once in a while what's the point eh? yeah and it's payback for that time you gave me a list of songs to listen to and i just i mean i did listen to them but i couldn't be bothered talking about them so yeah i put so much thought into that list as well (laughs) Yeah, I, it's just kind of thing that I take far too seriously. Um, anyway, uh, you got any questions for me this week, Matt? Um, so actually, David, I haven't got any questions for you this week because no, uh, our guest quizmaster this week is uh, the Who Can Convince You podcast. So why don't I just? Uh, sorry, David, I'm just going to let the boys in. Uh, <laughs> morning, guys. Take a seat. Uh, why, why, why don't you introduce yourself and maybe fire away with the first question. Hello, Matt and David. It's Harry here from the Who Can Convince You podcast. Luke is in Croatia at the moment, so you're stuck with me. First of all, I'd just like to say thank you for inviting us to take part in the quiz by contributing some questions to a very worthy cause. Doctors Without Borders, they do some great work in conflict zones and countries that are affected by disease, so very worthy cause. So I've got a few questions lined up for you. So let's get on with it. Question one. Time Lords. Why did the Time Lords sentence Morbius to death? Oh, um... We watched The Brain of Morbius not that long ago. We did. It was crap. Ah. Now, how specific were they? I thought it was like general. What? What do you mean? Were so they? Like... The, the, Harry, Harry's right with me right now. No, 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 no. What I mean is, how specific were the Time Lords in that story? Oh, okay. Um, I feel like it was. Um, was it just like war crimes? It was like interplanetary war crimes, wasn't it? Like enslaved planets. That's a very vague, scattershot answer. Question one. Why did the Time Lord sentence Morbius to death? The answer, for his part in leading an army in an attempt to conquer the galaxy. Yeah, you can take that. Right. Nice. Can we have question two, please, Harry? Question two. When Susan stayed on Earth at the end of the Dalek invasion of Earth, who did she stay with? What was his name? Um... It was uh, a a human man by the name of David. Have you got a surname for him? Oh, I I couldn't tell you his surname. I only remember the name David. Um, I don't don't know if you want to give me that or not. Uh, Well, I'm going to insert the audio here, David, that tells you the answer is David Campbell. No, I would never have got the surname. I think what I think what I might do, David, is give you that. But if we keep 
getting half answers here and there. I might revoke <laughs> this week's right to gamble. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll see if I can up my game. Right. Question three, please, Harry. Question three. Episodes and stories. Joe Grant was given the chance to become queen of which planet and in which story? Um, it was Peladon. And I get the two Peladon stories confused. So you've got the monster of Peladon and the curse of Peladon. I think Monster of Peladon was the first one, and that's the one that Joe Grant was in, because the other one was Sarah Jane Smith, who who came after. So I'm going to say Monster of Peladon. Question three. Joe Grant was given the chance to become queen of which planet, and in which story? The answer, Peladon, the curse of Peladon. Oh, David... I've done it. I've got it wrong, haven't I? The answer is Curse of Peladon. Curse of Peladon. Yeah, I, t- I told you I always get them confused in my head. Yeah. Heartbreak. But you might still yeah. have the opportunity to gamble. Yeah. Short rain, wasn't it? That six out of six. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Rob was, was, was on the money when he said that he went easy on me. <laughs> well, Harry, I must say these questions... Are absolutely flawless. Can we have question four, please? Question four. Years and dates. Can you give the exact air date for the first episode of Classic Who and the first episode of New Who? 23rd of November, 1963. In one. New Who... I'm, I don't know that I could even get the month. I want to say April 2005, but I, I'd never get the date. Do you, want to, do you want to have a plump at the date? I, I will guess... Uh, I don't know. Let's say... Let's go early April. Let's say April the 7th. But it's just a guess. I'm never going to get it. Question four. Can you give the exact air date for the first episode of Classic Who and the first episode of New Who? The answer... Classic Who, 23rd of November, 1963. New Who, 26th of March, 2005. March. So it's about a week late there, but... Uh, so we're on two correct answers so far this week. Yeah. These maybe are we... tough. These yeah. are tough ones. Yeah. Well, maybe we can turn it round with question five. Fire oh, away, please, Harry. Question five. Monsters. Who were the original inhabitants of the planet Telos? Now, I know that they ended up as, well, certainly there were, you know, it's, it's a planet associated with the Cybermen, I believe, introduced in Tomb of the Cybermen. I could be wrong about that. What an absolute junk story that was. <laughs> I couldn't... I, I'm i just going to say human, but I don't know. I don't, if there was a, an, another race name, it's, it's completely escaped my memory. Question five. Who were the original inhabitants of the planet Telos? The answer, the Cryons. Yeah, I would never have got that. Never have got that one. Okay. Well, there's still an opportunity to get half 
you score this week? Three out of okay. six? We'll, we'll give it a go. Okay, I hope we've saved the best till last here, Harry. Can we have the final question? Question six. Who composed more episodes of Doctor Who? Dudley Simpson or Murray Gold? Oh, that's a good question. So we're talking episodes, not stories. Correct. That makes it harder. That makes it harder. Um, Because I think if we looked at stories, Murray Gold would definitely be the winner because there are more like self-contained stories. Dudley Simpson composed a lot of music for Classic Who. um, And they would have been, you know, generally four or six parts of stories. You know, I think his earliest ones were maybe Trout Nearer and he was composing all the way through at the very least until towards the end of the Tom Baker era before the Radiophonic Workshop really uh, took over. Um, I'm going to say Dudley Simpson. Do you want to try and guess a number? I would There's no score at play. Just if you, um, if you had to take a guess. Number of episodes, I don't know. Uh, for Dudley Simpson, it's got to be, you know, a, a good hundred or so, I would have thought. Question six. Who composed more episodes of Doctor Who? Dudley Simpson or Murray Gold? The answer, Dudley Simpson. Dudley Simpson, about 300 episodes. Murray Gold, about 142. Good lord, it's as many as three hundred. That's like, that's like, that's like half of classic Who, isn't it? That's yeah, man, that man was a machine. So three out of six. Anything yeah. you want to say off the back of that, David? Uh, congratulations. Uh, would I like to who? Uh, but my brain is not in gear today. <laughs> What what? I'm trying. You no, were the one that wanted to that. cancel. Would I lie to who? And you've mentioned it <laughs> twice this week. I just I don't know what is happening. The my neurons are just misfiring all over the place. So um, hats off to the who can convince you lads. Those were yeah. Thanks, really, thanks for coming, Harry. Those were, See you later. They, they those were really good questions. I enjoyed them. Good trivia. Um, some of them were were out of my depth, um, but that's you know it's all in the all in the name of the game, isn't it? Now, David. Yes. Would you care to gamble? So I'm on. I'm on three out of six, right? You are on three out of six. Uh, yeah. Come on, let's gamble. Okay. David. The first line of this week's episode notes says, There is a spaceship experiencing turbulence. Oh, that does not narrow it down. Give me the second line, please. There is a distress signal from the honeymoon suite. Ah, that does narrow it down. Let's see all the deal with the third and final line, though. Amy and Rory are in fancy dress. They have called for the Doctor. That, I believe, Matt, is the cold open from A Christmas Carol. Just building some tension. There's no tension here. I know I got that one right. Yes, (laughs) okay, right.
There you go. So, another poor performance, but you pulled it back at the end for 10 pounds. Hey. Oh, that's heartening. Right, now, David, can I tell you a story? By all means. And feel free to, to jump in, because I'd like to tell you who you're facing next week. Oh, okay. Now, you might have noticed over the past few weeks, I've reached out to people for questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the podcasts I reached out to was the Diddly Dumb podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with their work. I've seen them around on Twitter. I've not checked them out yet. Well, they agreed to take part, but they only sent us four questions. <laughs> oh, no! Right? So I'm keeping them in reserve, and we'll just make every question worth pound fifty instead of a pound. All right, OK. But for the next two weeks, David, you're going up against royalty. Am I? You're going up against the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. Because for the next two weeks, David, you are going up against the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. so I believe I'm right in saying I've been in touch with both for Jessica and Marie. I think it's going to be Jessica next week. Right. Okay, supplying the questions. Do you want to say hello, David? Hello. Anything else you want to say, David? Like, no. be nice, make the questions easy? Um, no. It's, it's, it's entirely up to you whether you go easy on me or not. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's the plan for the next two weeks. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you hold grudges? Are you going to be mad? Like, if I... If we get in touch with who can convince you, are you going to be like, oh, there's a bloody... But then when no. I bring the cloister bells round, you're going to be like, Billy Big Balls. <laughs> like, yeah, six out of six, lads. Not at all. Not at all. No. I'm no. just, I'm, I'm just in, in it for the, for the joy of the game. Uh, have you listened back to last week's episode? You know what? Actually, I have. Did, did you enjoy that I inserted the music from the film The Karate Kid to celebrate your victory? <laughs> I did. That was some slick editing. Good good work, yeah, Matt. Yeah. You are the best around, David, and no one's ever going to bring you down. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Now, it, I, it's embarrassing to admit it because I don't tend to listen back, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to relive that glory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about this week? The Witch Finders. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice, <laughs> and then we could just like wrap it up and go to bed. It's not even seven o'clock, David. I'm so tired. Ah, uh, me too. Me too. It's going to be an early night all round, I think. Um, let's get let's get it over and done with, shall we? All right. So, The Witch Finders. Written. Um, oh, by... do we need to? Uh, we got any listener? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, yeah. you know, we always say in the new year we're going to scrap like all our segments and just start yes. fresh. Can I suggest we scrap listener tweets? Oh, controversial! It, it just some of them are too long. I think next year, if you tweet over five tweets long, I'm not reading it. I think that's a reasonable that, that, rule. That sounds horrible. That's like I'm aiming it at James Courtney, who I am, because he's my enemy. Uh, and I know BT Flippity Giggard sends a lot of nice messages, but yeah. sometimes when I'm reading them, like my mind wanders and I get tired and cross-eyed, and 
so I, I understand. It, can, it it is a lot. It, it look. I love the I love the enthusiasm and I love the diversity of opinion. I think it's it the thing that I appreciate about this segment is seeing when what the span of opinion is within our listeners. You know, because sometimes you'll get some episodes where everyone is on the same page, and some where there's actually quite a lot of um, different opinions flying around, and I find that really fascinating. And I, and I, I like this is a, a classic example with Witchfinders. I've no idea what the general consensus is going to be on this one. Right. Well, shall we start with Jake from Married to Who? Say hello, David. Why not? Hello, Jake. And last night when we were on YouTube, Jake was really concerned about what the tiny little door in my attic behind me was. <laughs> I, I, I'm not well, revealing I, it. Yeah, I, it, it I could don't be, know what's behind there. Yeah, I've been in that room and I don't know. It, it could be the mystery beyond your wildest imaginations or it could just be a gas boiler for my central heating. <laughs> but I'm a man no, of mystery. Probably like... Nadia, right? Yeah. Probably yeah. Nadia. It's my screaming cupboard. When I've watched Doctor Who, I go sit in there and just scream. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Jake says, if I was watching this with kids, I'd have to consider skipping this episode. The witches and the mud lady are terrifying. Also, Alan Cummings rules. Right. Yep. We then uh... have... Ariel. We, we haven't got a, we haven't got a, a clever little um, insert for this week, have we? Uh, no. What what are you going to say this week? I don't know. I, I've not said anything particularly notable or interesting, have I? Um, no. Just first thing that comes into your head. Um. Well, I could. T- I tell you what. I could tell you something else that's on my desk. Uh, yeah, it's always a safe yeah. bet. Yeah. Um, ceramic snail. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, the next message comes from Ariel. Say hello, David. Hello, Ariel. Ariel says, I really wanted to love this episode, but, uh, sorry, it had a lot of the elements of my favourite Doctor Who stories, but, like a lot this season, it just didn't quite come together. I did like it, just not as much as I could have. Ceramic snail. Uh, we then had a message from James the Sixth. That's James Courtney. Yeah, he's he's quite the wag, isn't he? Yeah, more like James Comedy. <laughs> uh, so he says two words: Alan Cumming. That was my overriding memory of this episode. A performance so large and extravagant that it overshadows my memory of the episode. I actually managed to forget how dark this episode is before and even after he turns up. The tone of this one is so strange and inconsistent, but in an enjoyable way that keeps you on your toes, much like James VI did. After two weight historicals, this was a breath of fresh air. It's also the only one that allows the fam to be active, as both the previous ones encourage a more passive approach to history. I also managed to forget that this is the episode that could only have been told with a woman playing the Doctor, because this episode is about the systema- sorry, systemic oppression of women throughout history. It's 1612, and Mother Twiston is put to death for the crime of being a woman. 
the lady of the land and member of her family, has not only failed to protect her, but is the one carrying out the execution. This may not have been a real event, but it represents so many that would have happened historically. We'd love to tell ourselves that this is a thing of the past, but it isn't, as we have, as we have to our shame, seen this year. This episode wasn't written from a historical perspective, but from the frustration and rage that women still have to face now. Which bitch or Karen? Men are still finding ways to put women in their place if they dare go against the norm. I have read the recently released novelisation by Joy Wilkinson, and it is even more prevalent there, as much of the story is told from the women's perspective. This gives even the Morax Queen and Becca Savage more depth and development. The Doctor gets to experience what it's like to be a woman in history for once. Gone is the Shakespeare code striding into a room, being commanding. Now the Doctor has to consider it from a different perspective. The Doctor learns to adapt, though, and even manages to get James VI to open up to her eventually. This story gives Yaz some much-needed development as we learn about her past anxiety and bullying. Excellent. Okay. But fear no more, David, because good James is here now. It's James Swift. Say hello. Hooray. Hello, James. Say ceramic snail. Ceramic snail. Awesome. Right, this is a weird one for me. Every time I watch it, I start off fully invested and slowly find myself getting disinterested. I love the first 30 minutes and will be confused as to why I rate it a little lower until the halfway mark when I begin to zone out. And then he says, I also think James Courtney will agree. It's nice to have a James in Doctor Who. This week's a James Courtney special, isn't it? I think we've talked about him more than anything else this week. <laughs> I think we probably have. James, tell your friends. This episode's dedicated to you. <laughs> okay? Because he chimes in and goes, yeah, brilliant. Great to be a James. But don't forget, David, the racist bus driver in Rosa was also called James. <laughs> That's true. Right. On to the final tweet. Ceramic snail. BT Flibbity Giggard. Greetings, uh, curator. Yeah. That's a nice short one this week. Right. If Demons of the Punjab was a historical where I eventually appreciated what they were doing with the aliens, the Witchfinders is the exact opposite. Originally, I was completely accepting of the sci-fi elements, but as time goes by, I realised that all my problems with it would be mitigated if it was reworked as a pure historical. The main issue, besides being kind of dull and Alan Cumming being the only person who looks like they want to be there, is that this episode takes an interesting concept and buries it in the sci-fi nonsense. A female doctor in the witch trials should be amazing, but the story is somehow both overstuffed and understuffed, and in the end nothing really comes together. This is the first episode to have 13 really deal with sexism, but the way it's done is really wishy-washy. And instead of taking the opportunity to give the Doctor big moments, it just kind of happens, with very little fanfare or introspection. It's a brief inconvenience on par with a second-string villain, rather than, you know, the point of the entire episode. Willard's betrayal of the Doctor should have been an emotional climax. It's a great concept examining how women hurt other women due to the, the way sexism works in their lives and worlds. Will is a character with understandable motivations and with a little more spotlight she could have been a standout side character. Instead, she's pushed aside in favour of sci-fi nonsense and for once I'm not using the word nonsense fondly. 
The whole Mud Army storyline actively undercuts the historical elements of the episode, which makes the Witchfinders less about the uh, witch trot. Excuse me, I'll read that bit again. Uh, the whole Mud story, sorry, the whole Mud Army storyline actively undercuts the historical elements of the episode. It makes the Witchfinders less about the witch trials as an important historical event, less about a part of history where women who persecuted for practicing traditional medicine in ways not approved of by those in power, and more about one mean person who encountered some aliens. It has nothing to do with the historical period. In fact, it actively does it a disservice. It's an episode where its point is as muddy and murky as its villains. Oh, and also, the final battle scene is one of the worst shot fight scenes in New Who. Just a dark, confusing mess. Well, ceramic snail. There we go. So, um, that all being said, Matt, how did you find the Witchfinders? I'm going to go... I don't know, part of me wants to go bad episodes, some good bits. Mm -hmm. But right off the top of my head... Yeah, I'm going to go bad episode, what, some good bits. I was going to say I couldn't think of a good bit, and then I remembered the one really good bit. Oh, so, I'm looking forward to hearing about the one really good bit. Yeah, I'm going to go bad episode, some good bits. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with that, Matt. And it's a shame, because like, I remember... The first time I watched this episode, I really did enjoy it. And I, I felt like it was probably the strongest of the series up until that point. Um, it has rather lessened with subsequent viewings. I, I feel like I've become more cognizant of the flaws. And frankly, it was one of those episodes that I very much watched initially in that sort of haze of new fatherdom where I didn't really know what was up and what was down. <laughs> um, so it's kind of, it's it's settled a bit lower in the rankings, shall we say. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's terrible. Its heart is certainly in the right place. Um, but I, I forget which of our tweeters said that, that it didn't quite come together. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I feel like there's a lot of good ideas and some less good ideas, all kind of jumbling around and nothing. It's, it's not really coalescing to anyth anything as, um, as significant as what it could have been. One, one thing I would say is, yeah. uh, I, I've, talk, I've said this a few times on pod, is often when I'm watching... I usually stop halfway. I usually watch episodes in two bits. Yeah. And, and sometimes that would involve, you know, just a quick 30-second break, make a cup of tea, go to the toilet, something like that. Yeah. And sometimes it can be like a two-day break in between. Yeah. Um, but I, I watched this in one sitting. I, ah. I, for all that, I didn't necessarily like it when it was finished. I was kind of engaged the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's one of the better paced episodes of this series. I feel like it's a, you know, that this this series as a whole, it has a bit more of a laid back, slower paced vibe to it. And that sometimes has been a bit of a disadvantage for certain episodes. But I feel like the pace is just about right with this one. It, it clips along fairly nicely. 
Can, can I make one final comment? Of course. In in the past few weeks, I, I've been critiquing this new era, and my main criticism has been the way that everybody talks in a really weird way. Yeah. Or they're just doing big grand speeches. Yeah. And um, I then criticised the fact that the... I hate the word, the fam. Yeah. That can f*** right off. But, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll spoil this for you, Matt. It's not f***ing off anytime soon. You're just going to have to suck that one up. What a stupid f***ing phrase. We it, will have to... Uh, you know what? This is a discussion we can table for the uh, how, Series how, 11 wrap-up. How, how, how like. would you react, right? If we were hanging out, say, at D&D, all the guys together... And say, for example, my wife rang me, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just out just hanging with the fam. How would you feel? <laughs> like, it... Much the same way that I feel every time it comes out of Jodie Whittaker's mouth, if right, I'm well, honest. That, that's not even my main complaint. Yeah. You, you know how I always said Jodie Whittaker, like, unsheathes her sonic screwdriver? Yes. What? What exactly is it she's looking at when she looks at it? She seems to scan everything. And then, like, I, I mentioned this last night when I was talking. When old doctors, well, I say old mm. doctors, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, I can't remember Eccleston. Yeah. They always explained what they were doing with the sonic. Mm. So they'd aim it at a lock and they'd be like, oh, I just need to calibrate it to the frequency of the lock and it would open. Right? Jodie Whittaker be- seems to scan everything, mm-hmm. look at the screwdriver as if it's got a big readout on it yeah. and then never explains it. She just goes, oh, that is bad. To what, be fair, what have you done there? To be fair, Matt Smith does that as well. Well, not to, not as often. I think the difference is Matt Smith does it occasionally. Jodie Whittaker does it about seven times every episode. Yeah. So just it's a lot more noticeable. Scans everything. Let's not forget this is a screwdriver. My my head cannon is that there's maybe some kind of telepathic implant or something. There's a readout that is projected that only she can see. Mm. Something like that. That's gen- genuinely I have had to head cannon it as such because otherwise I would have found it as annoying as you do. Um, because yeah, it's it's like it's not a tricorder. There is no obvious you know, output. And yet it is treated as such. So, but, you know, it's a convenience. It's a magic wand. It's it's there for the purposes of keeping the story ticking along. And I don't resent it on that level. But I get where you're coming from, Matt. These are, these are perhaps minor niggles, but yeah. when they keep cropping up all of the time, yeah. they start to, to, to become, you know, irksome. Yeah. It'd be like if someone wrote Bad Wolf in the background of loads of episodes. <laughs> right. Indeed. Shall we jump into the episode? Let's do it. Right. So, The Witchfinders, written by Joy Wilkinson. Yep. Directed by Sally Aprahamian. Yep. It is episode 8 of season 11. From the 25th of November, 2018. Yes, Indeed. Do you want to join me in the TARDIS, David? Why not? Let's go back to the 24th of November. Episode 8, Banshees and Bombings. Ah, so that would have been uh, the Doctor Dances. 
Yeah, empty well, child, empty Dr. Child. Yeah. Back in the old two-for-one days where we used to do two episodes in one episode. <laughs> yeah, I'd never attempt that now. No, no, we'd be here for hours. It's fine, right? We, I, I, you know, we had nothing else to talk about. That was back in the those glory days when we just showed up, talked about Doctor Who and went home. Yeah, pre-pandemic. When we used to record together. Oh, different times. Different yeah. times. Yeah. I'd like to think we're all a little older and a little wiser. I'm certainly older. Um, all right, then. Tell me, Matt, how does Witchfinders kick off? So, the fam are aiming for the Elizabeth I's coronation. And they wind up in the countryside, so they've obviously... I'm, what, I'm not sure why... What, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure why they're aiming for Elizabeth I's coronation. You'd feel like the doctor would want to leave well alone. She's already, you know, messed up Elizabeth the first timeline enough as it is. I know, but it, it smacks me very much of a Graham suggestion, isn't it? You couldn't yeah, imagine maybe. Ryan, like, going, yeah, mate, can we go to uh, <laughs> the coronation of Elizabeth the first? Yes, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Ryan really is a dullard, isn't he? <laughs> He gets a little bit to do in this episode. He's got some nice moments. Yeah. Right, the TARDIS is being stubborn. And it's that time, David. It's the time of the episode where people talk like nobody ever talks when the Doctor goes on about how much she loves apple bobbing. (laughs) To be fair, that is on brand for the 13th Doctor. I, I, I give the Doctor much more of a pass when it comes to not talking the way people talk because the Doctor isn't people. The Doctor is the Doctor. Mm. Not, sure, not sure about that. Yeah. Right. Come on, you've heard me talk about how much I love progressive rock. I thought, I was gonna, I thought you it... were going to say, you've heard me say how much I love apple bobbing, Matt. How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to say, it's not a million miles away, is it? No, but listening to you talk about music is listening is like listening to one of those Duolingo tapes. It's just like another language. <laughs> it's like I understand some of the words, but I just don't recognise. I can't complete the sentence. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway. We're introduced to Miss Becca Savage. We are. Who is holding a lovely ceremony. Being watched by a man in a mask. Mm, Okay, so a girl starts crying. And again, like, this is such a weird thing to happen. Girl's crying. Yaz says, are you okay? And then the girl just immediately runs off without answering. (laughs) Imagine if you said to me, are you okay? And I just turned around and ran off into the distance. I mean, I guess the answer is she's not okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right, Graham recognises they're at Pendle Hill in Lancashire. Mm-hmm. Boo, Yorkshire pride, we hate <laughs> Lancashire. Right, and there's an old lady in a dunking still. Yeah, because is this where Graham mentions he's been on a walking tour? Yeah. Which is like, of course you have, Graham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, we need some exposition. How can we explain this? Oh, I went for a walk around and saw it all. That'll do. 
So it's a witch trial. If the lady drowns, she's innocent. And if she survives, she's a witch. That's one of those things, that is, it, historical facts. Everybody knows it. Everybody is as baffled by it. But, like, it, it's so mad, you can't quite get your head around. But it, it's so steeped in religion, isn't it? Basically, it is. It's just like, if you're not a worry, witch... Either you can way, be... we get to murder a woman. Yeah. We'll all just, go home happy. Is she going to be buried within or out the town boundaries? You know? Something yeah. stupid like that. It's it's just it's baffling. It's it it's so it's so. And um, yeah, I, I the one of the things I will say about this episode is that it doesn't within the confines of a family show. It manages really not to shy away from the the the, the sheer brutality and unpleasantness of that. Mm. You know, so the lady not playing it for laughs at all. Sorry, the the lady being dunked is the girl from Elia's gram. That's why she wasn't okay and ran away. The doctor dives in to save her when she's dunked into the water, and they're being watched by a mysterious man in a mask. <gasps> dun dun dun. Okay, it turns out that Mistress Savage is not best pleased by this. Uh, she's mm-hmm. the local landowner. Uh, mm-hmm. She shot all her horses because they're the agents of Satan. <laughs> yeah. As you do. Yeah, because Satan has plagued these lands. As such, the witch trials are weekly events. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Becca Savage is doing everything she can to protect her lands, even if it means killing everyone that lives there. Yes. Now, David, whilst they're mentioning this, they're being watched by a man in a mask. Dun-dun-dun! It's King James! Hey! Played by Alan Cumming. Now then, when Alan Cumming was announced as a guest actor for this series, a certain portion of the fandom seemed to lose their minds over it. They were so excited, and when this episode came around, they were praising Alan Cumming to high heaven and I'm going to be honest I didn't know who he was <laughs> well I, I'm just looking there like I I, I know who he is but I was mm-hmm. just like what is his best film well I've had a look through his filmography I think the only thing I have seen him is I think well, I, I probably watched GoldenEye once a very long time ago and he's got a part in that um I definitely, you know, um, I've seen X2 a couple of times, so I know that from looking at his uh, filmography that he played Nightcrawler in that. Prior to looking it up, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. And, you know, he's caked under makeup in that. Um, mm. and, he's, and he's good as Nightcrawler, but not like... It's not like scene-stealingly good. Uh, you know, I'm still... I'm, in, I, I'm watching that film for Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Mm. Um, he's just one of those actors who just seems to be in a lot of stuff mm. of varying quality so you know 
he gets plenty of work. You can't can't fault him on that. But I didn't I didn't really understand why people were so excited about him. Yeah, it might be because he played the role of Sebastian in children's animated series Arthur. Oh, maybe. Yeah, or he played the White Rabbit in Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of voice acting uh, credits on his. Uh, yeah. I, I know there was nothing better than knowing that Gutsy Smurf from the Smurf <laughs> movie The Legend of Smurfy Hollow was going to be in this. <laughs> you know, or Bog yeah. from the Koala Kid. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not trying to have a go here at all. Um, it's it's just, it was more just the general bafflement. Um, I mean, I have to be honest, I don't love his performance in this. Just because he seems to be going for a different tone than the rest of the cast. He basically walks in and is acting like he's in an episode of Blackadder. Yeah, for quite a dark episode. You know, he's a big performance, isn't it? It's a bit OTT. It's reminiscent of his performance as Gazoo in the Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i don't know i find it i find it slightly off-putting as a performance and maybe that's the intention i don't know i mean if anyone can be can get away with being larger than life it's a king i guess yeah um but it it, it does it does f- at times feel to me slightly at odds with the general focus of what is being attempted in this story Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but when we have the introduction of this week's monster, and the way they look, and then you've got King James like going, ooh, this is silly, get back, Satan, ooh. It's just like, yeah, yeah. not for me, please. Indeed. Um, But anyway, let's let's crack on, shall we? Right, so King James promotes Graham to Witchfinder General because the Doctor presents the psychic paper, says that's who she is, and the king is like, don't be silly, a woman can't be a general. So yeah. it's the first time... In fact, I've written in my notes, King James is very dramatic and very sexist. Yes, yes he is. So, going back, Becca Savage says, I'll save everyone, even if it means killing them all. And we find out that the girl from earlier is called Willa. Mm-hmm. And she's burying her gran, giving her, you know, the send-off she deserves, when a root attacks from the ground. Ah, uh, yes. So, so at this point, um, the Doctor has sent Yaz off to do a bit of what she refers to as family liaison, which I quite like. It's like it's nice, sort of, eight episodes in, that, that they've remembered that Yaz is a police officer. Yeah. And has a certain skill set that might be useful on their adventures. <laughs> Um, she still doesn't get to have a personality, but at, le- <laughs> at least at least she's doing something proactive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, this is the scene where, obviously, King James meets Ryan and is immediately very taken. Yes, yeah. Um, and if nothing else, I will say I really like how that whole little... It's its a stretch to call it a subplot, but how that thread is handled over the course of the episode. Mm. 
I think it's really nicely done. And we'll talk about it more, I think, at its resolution. But, but um, yeah, I do enjoy that. So Yaz saves her from this attack. Meanwhile, yeah. the Doctor's investigating Becca Savage's room, finds an axe by the bedside, and Yaz arrives to tell the Doctor what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like the bit where King James is giving out all the witch-finding tools yes. to prepare yeah. them. And, you know, you, you kind of it kind of made me think how ridiculous old witch hunts were. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to chase you with my brooch. Yeah. You know. It, they're, they're basically LARPing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Willa wants to leave the town, and we find out she is Becca Savage's cousin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Willa says that um, she's sick, she feels ill, and this is where we get Yaz's backstory on bullying and victimisation. Yeah. And, I mean, round of applause, eight episodes in, we finally had some character development from one of the uh, companions this series. Yeah. It's... It's um, it's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. And even then, it's like, oh, she was bullied for a while, but she, she sucked it up and got on with it. I mean... Mixed message there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, not... oh, bull- bullying... You know, it's terrible. But if you try hard enough, you can get through the other side. Mm. Yeah. You know, working in a school, I can 100% say that is not how it works, David. Yeah. I mean, as someone who spent most of their school days being bullied, I can also attest that it's not how it works. Um, So, yeah. Um, don't, Don't love all of that. If I'm being honest, but uh, as you say, at least, at least Joy Wilkinson appears to be trying to give all three of the companions things to do, and flesh them out a little bit. Mm. Um. Um. So they recruit Willa after she begins to see their point yeah. of view. And whilst this is happening, Ryan is talking to King James and says, why are you incapable of trusting people? And he says, I I don't need to trust people because God will keep me safe as long as I'm doing God's work. Mm -hmm. Uh, The doctor collects a little sample of the mud where the root shot through the earth and it bounces around in the little glass container she puts it in. And then in my notes, I've just put, "Oh, Gran is alive again." Yeah, so we get we get our monsters for the episode, mud zombies. Yeah, probably the best yeah. bit of the episode, I would say. They are haunting. Yeah, the 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 the, the costume and makeup work is phenomenal. Mm. Really creepy. Um, from a from a writing perspective, can you get a more generic Doctor Who villain? What, then just a scary um, old lady? Well, no. Made than, of mud. Than, <laughs> than just insert thing here, zombie. You know? Yeah. Think about what we've had. We've had spacesuit zombies. We've had. Um, just like. Cybermen zombies. Cybermen zombies. Just like. 
episodes where they don't really need any actual development. They just they just need something for the for for the characters to run away from for a bit. It's just it's always some sort of like zombie, but it's not a zombie because it's some kind of sci-fi thing making the zombies. Um, which is not I'm not trying to knock it too much, but it's just like it's very it's very Doctor Who by numbers that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she's possessed by the mud, and this yeah. mud zombie wants the doctor's sample of the mud. So there's loads and loads of these mud zombies, mm-hmm. and ultimately the witch hunters arrive. They say Willa is a witch, and they begin to attack the zombies, and this is when it's revealed the zombies all have powers. Mm-hmm. They've got some sort of force push that they can use. Yep handy okay so the doctor begins to question becca why is all this happening now why are there so many witch hunts why are there mud zombies what is going on so they respond appropriately by saying the doctor's now evil and everything just booted off when she arrived to be honest it's amazing she got away with it for so long Without being accused of being a witch. Yeah, they even say the sonic screwdriver is a magic wand. Because it is! Uh, yeah, that's what it's become. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, it's and, and, and this is probably my, my favourite aspect of this story, is that by highlighting how the Doctor's old tactics of just strolling in and acting like they're the one in charge isn't always going to fly now that they're in a female body. Mm. You know, think back all the way back to series one, that scene where um, the ninth doctor in uh, Aliens of London uh, just walks into a room full of soldiers and just starts barking orders. Yeah. And they just go with it because it's just like, this is a crazy situation. This guy seems to know what he's talking about. Let's go. You know, imagine the 13th Doctor doing that. Would she have been able to command the same level of authority um, with, you know, those circa 2005 almost exclusively male soldiers? I don't know that she would have. Mm. And I don't think that's anything to do with Jodie Whittaker's performance. And I don't think that's anything... I think that is just sexism, you know. Um, So I think it's really interesting... That, that this eight episodes in, we're finally actually seeing a consequence of this this change for the Doctor. It's not as simple as just, you know, she just carries on like normal. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I like that whole aspect. Right. So, once Willa has told everyone the Doctor is evil, uh, Graham, Yaz and Ryan track the zombies whilst the Doctor is wheeled away. And we get... I mean, I know I said bad episode, but I thought this scene was pretty good between King James interrogating the Doctor and he wants to witch test her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, the Doctor has has quite a nice little heartfelt speech to King James, doesn't she? Yeah. Because obviously 
you know, we, we're getting, we, we've sort of teased out a lot of the trauma of King James's childhood and how, you know, I think what most historians would agree on, how that trauma kind of fed into his compulsion to, to commit himself to um, Christianity and, you know, this, this sort of fundamentalist tendency um so yeah it's it's not night good writing good performances in that scene yeah so we find out the zombies are looking for becca and the doctor wants to know what becca is hiding and this this is where things really take a, a turn for me becca touches the ducking stool which sparks at her touch Mm -hmm. Causing her eye to weep. Yeah. Okay. So the Doctor does get dunked in the river. And as the still rises, the Doctor isn't there. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. She's yep. about ten yards away down river where she <laughs> swam to the shore. Yeah. Uh, so she begins to confront Becca as the zombies approach. Mm -hmm. And the zombies begin to obey Becca. Ooh. Because yeah, because uh, Becca's eyes leaking at this point, isn't it? Because the one missing piece of the puzzle, the one thing nobody cared to look for, was a magic tree. Yeah, it's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so obvious when you look at it. Yeah, I mean, I I felt foolish for not noticing it. I'll be honest, David. <laughs> it was there all along. There all along, magic tree. Just a magic tree. That Becca cut down because it was obscuring her view. But it wasn't just any old tree, David. Oh, no, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's not be foolish here. This magic tree was like the key to a prison under Pendle Hill that had mm -hmm. been there for years. And when you cut that tree down, David, mud is unleashed. Yeah. Yeah. Becca... But re really, really cross mud, though. Yeah. Becca's got angry mud inside her. Yeah. And having mud inside you is such a shameful act that you have to kill everyone who knows, including mm -hmm. your own grandmother. Mm -hmm. Because where there's mud, there's Morax. Yeah. And she, she turns into a Morax that are the stupidest looking things. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've seen some bad alien design this series, but crikey strength. Right, so for their intergalactic war crimes, they were trapped under Pendle Hill. The Morax begins... By, by, by whom, we don't know. No, no, someone's we, out there, why, like Space Police. Yeah, and why they chose a populated planet. What, like, what was if that? You've got... Was it Jerry Anderson that did Thunderbirds, and he did a show called Space Precinct about intergalactic space police? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, that that's yeah, who put the Morax it. under that hill. Maybe the it was. space place. Yeah. Yeah. So the tree was the lock because it ain't all. Oh, this ain't your grandma's tree, David. It's no. alien tech. Yeah. So the stool was made of the tree, so they used the tree to make weapons. And I know what you're thinking. What? Maybe a spear? Maybe a sword? Maybe yeah. even a club, David? No, just a bit of stick with fire on the end. 
And they don't even yeah. do it like bloody Aragorn, Lord of the Rings. They don't launch the fire into someone's face. They just go, stay away from us and wave it round. Yeah. Yeah. And the Morax king is going to enter Earth's king, King James. Mm-hmm. And the Morax king is just the big tendril thing from before. Yeah. So is it fair to say, Matt, this is the point where the episode started to lose you a bit? Well... I, I thought, crikey, this, the stakes are high. How are they ever going to get out of this one? <laughs> right. Until yep. the Doctor just shouts, get back in your prison. And they go back in the prison. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. She just goes, oh, fixed it. And they all get sucked back in. Mm-hmm. But then King James still kills Becca, Morax. And the do- mm-hmm. why is the Doctor always mad when people are like fighting the bad guys? She's the one that said, let's make some weapons and go fight the bad guys. But then when it goes too far and someone gets killed, she's like, you had no right. Mm-hmm. So, following all this madness, King James asks Ryan to be his protector. Yeah. And he says, no, but don't worry, I'm going to keep an eye on you. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really sweet. Like Yeah. Like, it's... Ryan's really warmed and realised that King James isn't just this absolute dandy that he's proclaiming to be. Mm-hmm. That there is, yeah, there's there's something sort of innocent there. And also, you know, right, I, I feel like if this had been made a while ago, there would have been <coughs> attempts to sort of wring some humour out of you know, a man being attracted to another man. Yeah. And that's not, whilst it's a sort of kind of humorous moment, that's, it's not, it's not that kind of the sort of casual homophobia that you'd see in things like friends and stuff like that, where it's like, I didn't even pick up on, I mean, I know there's obviously like sexual undertones, Mm. but I, I just thought, it, it was more of a kinship, if you know what I mean. Like, they'd earn one another's respect. Mm. I, I think it is implied that, um, that, that there is a sexual attraction there from King James. And I think, I think I'm right in saying, I'm just going to pop on Wikipedia here, um, that there is some sort of historical basis... Mm-hmm. for that um so wikipedia says um throughout his life james had close relationships with male courtiers which has caused debate among historians about their exact nature um so basically some historians um believe that he may have been bisexual others say that that it was more just um fraternal kinship yeah but but you know either way you wish to interpret it um i think the way ryan sort of gently lets him down is really sweet yeah um and and that's kind of what i like about that that little uh sort of plot thread um and and again it's like i i guess we we we're, we're sort of um trying to 
trying to make a meal out of the, the the few crumbs we get here and there of character development for these people um but it it's nice for to have something because he's it, he's been such a background player for so long at this point in the in the in the show yeah he just i just don't know where where he's going to go mm. well um in the context of this story, he's going to go back in the TARDIS. Yeah, because that's how things wrap up. See you mm-hmm. later. Yeah, there's not much more to ta- say, really, is it? They all pop in, um, and uh, the Doctor lays down uh, everyone's favourite Asimov quote, and then they just toddle off. And uh, King James pulls a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end. I, I, look, it's... I can't say it's entirely a missed opportunity. I feel like this 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 story pretty much sets out uh, 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 achieves what it sets out to do. Um, but I think if there was ever a contender for a new Who historical episode that could have been a pure historical, it's this one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That there would have been a way to tell a satisfying story without having mud zombies and magic trees because the the mere fact that the doctor is suddenly on the back foot because she's ended up in a situation where her female body is a, a severe disadvantage especially coupled with her tendency to want to take charge and and be like the smartest person in the room like it it's so blindingly obvious that if uh, a female doctor would would immediately become a target for in a witch trial yeah um if that's where they ended up um it it works really well as a concept i just you don't need the mud zombies there to tell that story no no it it does feel like two stories yeah um but but anyway it's um you know, it's. I don't think it's the worst we've had so far this series by any stretch, um, and who knows? Maybe the next one will be will be uh, will be a step up. Um, so do join us next week, listeners, when we will be talking about a little episode called "It Takes You Away." Oh, does it? Yeah, unusual Where, episode title. Where's it taking me? Well, you'll find out next week. Well, I'll be you? back by Saturday. Fingers crossed. I like eh? to keep my weekends free. Yeah. Um, but until then listeners as always thank you so much for listening and cheerio see you later mashed potato I I don't know why I said that Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.